a British TV podcast with Chrissy and Ryan. News, reviews, what's on TV this week, DVD releases, and special features all about British TV. Hello and welcome to the British TV podcast, show number 58. I'm Ryan in Seattle. I am Chrissy in Seattle. How are you doing on this wet November night? It's good. Good. Looking forward to going home and snuggling down after this. I've been go-go-going today, so... That's right. Well, this week's show, we have reviews, news, what's on British TV this week, shows running in the United States, DVD releases, and a feature on Bill Bailey. Okay. Reviews. Moving on. The BBC has been experimenting with original programming in the middle of weekday afternoons. Anything to get diagnosis murder repeats off the air. Last week and this week, they've been running Moving On, Jimmy McGovern's latest anthology series, 10 episodes total. Each one has a separate cast and story and takes us into the world of ordinary Britons who are usually at a crossroads in their life, hence the title of the series. In one, a woman takes care of her mother with Alzheimer's while her son is off backpacking across South America. She'd like to have a normal life, go on dates, be able to leave the house, but she's trapped by her mother, though she's loath to put her in a home. In another episode, John Sim plays Moose, who's just gotten out of prison after serving eight years for armed robbery. He wants to get back together with his wife and the daughter he hasn't seen since she was a baby, but his wife has a new partner whom the daughter considers as her dad. And here, the two fathers confront each other. Look. I know you've looked after them. And I know you love them. But that doesn't make them yours, does it? Jessie's young, she'll forget about you. But I'm there every day, in the miller. I'm in a blood, mate. And anyway, where, where would you rather she was in ten years' time? On a beach? In Greece? Or working the till at your place doing twelve-hour shifts? What do you think? You're just going to walk back into their lives as if nothing's happened, eh? I never said it was going to be easy. Just leaving them to rot all this time. Tina walked away, not me. All this time, they have been suffering. They've been struggling for every penny because you think you want to cover up for a bunch of thieving scum. What is wrong with you? You just threw that little girl away. John Sim is a clever bit of casting because we keep expecting him to explode or otherwise act out. It would be simple for everyone if Moose just went back to prison for parole violation, but moving on isn't about easy answers. Each episode puts its protagonists, and the audience, through emotional ringers, but nearly always with an upbeat resolution at the end, a reward of sorts for all the suffering. I love these kind of shows because they are nice, compact, first-rate dramas with familiar TV actors. But I can see how they can be a hard sell to casual audiences, or even listeners to this podcast, more used to the familiarity an ongoing series with recurring characters TV routinely provides. By the way, Jimmy McGovern has yet another anthology series, Accused, starting this week in primetime on BBC One Monday night. And then next week they've got a Sanji Baskar sitcom ah. in the afternoon <laughs> slot, although it won't be every day in the week. Next review is The Trip. Steve Coogan and Rob Ryden play exaggerated versions of themselves in this mockumentary directed by the man who also gave us the same in Tristam Shandy, Michael Winterbottom. Steve's been commissioned to travel to restaurants across the North and with his fictional girlfriend back in the United States, reluctantly asks Rob to accompany him. Most of the series is a two-hander of the two of them, talking, bickering, and eating fine food. 
In this scene, Steve criticizes Rob's impression skills. They're kind of entertaining, but they're not that accurate. Well, broadsheet journalists have described my impressions as stunningly accurate. Well, they're wrong. I've not heard your Michael Caine, but I assume it would be something along the lines of, my name's Michael Caine. That is where you are right. so wrong. Let's and you can look at my live video for proof, let's, because let's, I, that's the do, very thing I don't do. What, I do, say do, that he do, used to talk do, like that. Do you, Michael Caine? OK. I say, Michael Caine used to talk like this in the 1960s, right? But that has changed. And I say that over the years, Michael's voice has cabbed down several octaves. Let me finish. And all of the cigars and the brandy don't let me finish can now be heard. Okay. The, I've not f***ing finished in the back of the voice and the voice okay. now. Well, I've still not finished the voice. Because you're panicking. I've, you know, because you look like you're about to bloody talk. Let me finish. Right, so, Michael Cates' voice now in the Batman movies and in Harry Brown. I can't go fast because Michael Caine talks very, very slowly. Right, this is how Michael Caine speaks. Michael Caine speaks to his nose like that. He gets very, very specific. It's very like that. When he gets loudly, it gets very loud indeed. It gets very specific. It's not quite nasal enough the way you're doing it, all right? You're not doing it the way he speaks. You're not doing it with the kind of... And you don't do the broken voice when he gets very emotional. When he gets very emotional indeed. She was only 16 years old. She was only 16. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. That's Michael Caine. Dueling Michael Caine's there. The trip is all talk. And how much you can tolerate cartoon versions of Steve and Rob, in my case, quite a lot. I think they're hilarious. Or just turn off the sound and look at all the delicious food that is being exquisitely prepared. You'll want to go out to a two-star restaurant immediately afterwards, unless, like Chrissy, you happen to be a great cook. Ta very much. <laughs> and if you've managed to forget who Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon are, we did features on them back in shows 8 and 37, respectively. News. Joanna Lumley gave an interview this week where she hinted there might be a new series of Absolutely Fabulous. Speaking to Playbill, the actress best known for playing Patsy said, quote, John Plowman, who's the executive producer, wrote to Jennifer, and Jen wrote to me and said, Let's talk this through. What do you think? And I said, Bring it on! This wouldn't be the first time Jennifer Saunders <laughs> changed her mind about doing more episodes. No, she ended it pretty early on, didn't she? After two or three series, and then that just went away, and more and more came on. And of course, she has just recovered from her cancer treatment, so... She's Would doing okay. Very nice to see her back. So we'll see if they decide to go back to the well for more Ab Fab. I think they can do it. Although uh, Julia Sawala is certainly not the teenage girl anymore. No. <laughs> and speaking of Mighty Bees, the internet got unduly excited last week that another series of Red Dwarf was closer to reality. And as we've reported in the past, Craig Charles mentioned it offhandedly earlier this year. And then script consultant Andrew Ellard told last broadcast that the show was in development at Dave, which is not news. Finally, writer Doug Naylor had to clarify that a new series had not yet been commissioned, saying, quote, there's nothing to report yet. I just love how the fans just jump on any rumor. There's going to be yeah. a movie. There's going to be a new series. And meanwhile, Rob Grant did his one series of The Strangers and then just kind of has not been around for about 10 years. Do you think maybe he just has enough money to retire? And Not from BBC. No? <laughs> they don't pay that well. Well, do, do they own the brand, though? There's been books and 
DVDs and stuff. No, I don't think he retired on Red Dwarf money. <laughs> I mean, seriously, <laughs> he just got tired of it, I guess. Hmm. What's on TV for the week of November 10th to the 16th? Wednesday, the anthology drama Moving On, which we just talked about, continues each weekday afternoon through Friday on BBC One. Wallace and Gromit's World of Invention continues on BBC One. It was quite cute. They have uh, introduced Kevin the Elephant, who mm-hmm. is gastric admissions, provides the fuel that runs their TV studio, supposedly. Oh, dear. But of course, then you end up with an elephant in the studio, and we all know what happens when that occurs. Yep, the clip that gets shown on every compilation show from now to the end of time. Talking about the Blue Peter elephant. Yes. Fans of the royal family might want to tune into Gold on Wednesday for Royal Exclusive Behind the Sofa, a retrospective of the Carolyn Ahern Craig Cash comedy, which includes interviews with the two of them. Thursday, River Cottage Every Day finishes its season on Channel 4. Carpool with Robert Llewellyn continues on Dave. Have I Got News For You is on BBC One, which has Joe Brand as guest hosts and panelists Sally Burkow and Charlie Higson. It's followed by Martin Clunes in Reggie Perrin. Celebrity Juice continues on ITV2. Never Mind the Buzzcocks is on BBC Two, ooh, with guest host Tim Minchin. Yeah. Where do you see him from? Oh, I've got his DVDs. He's great fun. He conquered Australia and then came over to the UK and became a hit there. And I'll tell you, our local Dan Savage just adores him and puts clips of him doing his different songs up on the Strangers weblog all the time. Ah. Yep. Maybe send a copy to Dan. He'll love you forever. Misfits is back on E4 for a second season. The BAFTA award-winning teenage superhero series set on a housing estate. Russell Howard's Good News continues on BBC Three. Friday, QI on BBC One has guest panelists Eddie Izzard, Bill Bailey, and Danny Baker. And we'll have a feature on Bill Bailey in a few minutes. Yeah, Eddie's not been on since the pilot, which didn't air, but was on the first box set of the DVD. And so that'll be kind of fun. Yes, I'll look forward to seeing that. QI is followed on BBC One by the last episode of the season for New Tricks. Paulo Grady Live is on ITV One. The Stephen K. Amos Show continues on BBC Two. The Graham Norton Show is on BBC One with guest Daniel Radcliffe. Hmm, I wonder what he could be promoting. Hmm. No idea. I had a dream about him the other night. I dreamt that for some reason I had to put him up at my house, but he was a very good house guest and he just wanted tea and strawberries. Was so. he young Daniel Radcliffe? Or, he was about or... his age. Okay. Yeah. But I guess the Four Seasons was booked, so he was having to stay on my couch. Wow. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and drink my cups of tea. Colin Firth will also be on with Rod Gilbert and Rihanna. That's Graham Norton, Joe. Yep. The Million Pound Drop quiz on Channel 4 will attempt to do a better job this week answering questions about Doctor Who trivia. Did you hear about this? No. Uh, They had a couple on there, and the question was, who was the longest-lasting Doctor Who? And you had a choice of four actors. Mm -hmm. And they picked Sylvester McCoy, and the producer said, nope, it was David Tennant. Oh. Thus, (laughs) having hundreds of Doctor Who fans write in and say, "Uh, I think you will find it was Sylvester McCoy. Just sending pictures of scarves and, yeah. From 1987 to 1996... And so they having to bring that couple back on since they had disqualified them for having gotten a question wrong. So don't mess with Doctor Who trivia. 
Did they actually bring Sylvester McCoy back just to regenerate at the beginning of the movie? Yes. He's in about 10 minutes of the TV oh, movie, okay. which is, you'll be able to watch in February because it's coming out finally in North America on DVD. Alrighty. Saturday, Poplatron, a teenage sitcom that goes behind the scenes at a celebrity entertainment show, is on BBC Two at 1.50 or 13.50, I guess, in the afternoon. Yes, it's the old shelf stacker's slot. Yep. Walk on the Wild Side continues on BBC One. Harry Hill's TV Burp continues on ITV1. Merlin continues on BBC1. Sunday. James May's Man Lab continues on BBC2. Garrow's Law returns to BBC1, a courtroom drama starring Andrew Buchan and Alan Armstrong. The Impressionist Show with Colshaw and Stephenson is back for a second season on BBC1 with spoofs and celebrity satires. Yes, John Colshaw. He's very funny. Thorn Scaredy Cat concludes on Sky One. Monday, Sanjeev Baskar from Goodness Gracious Me stars in a new afternoon sitcom on BBC One called The Indian Doctor. It's 1963 and a small Welsh village is in for a shock when the new doctor arrives fresh from Delhi. Good news is you're on BBC One. Bad news is we've stuck you in an afternoon time (laughs) slot. Oh, well. <laughs> ah, Sanjeev and his dimples. I'll watch him anytime. Oh, well, you'll have to check it out then. That's The Indian Doctor. The Sarah Jane Adventures has its final two-part adventure on CBBC called Goodbye, Sarah Jane Smith. It repeats Wednesday afternoon on BBC One. Oh. So they are concluding the series, huh? Oh, this series, this season. Oh, I see. Oh, no, there'll be a fifth season. Miranda is back on BBC Two for a second season. Miranda Hart stars in this traditional but funny sitcom. We did a profile of her back on show 40. Christopher Eccleston is accused. The first in a set of six new dramas on BBC One written by Jimmy McGovern. Like all his series, it's an anthology with a different cast each week, but with a similar theme. Giles and Sue Live the Good Life continues on BBC Two. I think that'll be the next thing I watch. I have episode one, and I did. I dearly love the good life. I have every episode ever made of it, and so looking forward to seeing Giles and Sue not have to eat themselves into an early death. They they loved working together, and they, they hoped to do it, but they after the second season of Supersizers, they just said no more. The Supersizers was a series where they would each week do a different time period, and they would dress in the clothes, they mm-hmm. would live the lifestyle, and they would have to eat authentic period food, which... of And they were usually playing sort of upper-class people, too, not peasants. But actually, during some of the um, weeks, they would have a day off from eating all this rich, sugary food and drinking nothing but ale and they would have a peasant diet and they were just they loved it they were so happy to have a day of just eating brown bread and vegetables because they were starting to get gout every week though even when it was the 70s the food was just disgusting though it'd be something you'd be like oh my god are they really gonna put that in their mouths the things people do for television yeah the trip with steve coogan and rob bryden which we just reviewed continues on bbc2 on monday ask rod gilbert continues on bbc1 How Not to Live Your Life continues on BBC Three. Tuesday, The Sarah Jane Adventures is on CBBC. We'll just reiterate the last episode of the season. It'll be back next year. Getting On is on BBC Four. Lip Service concludes on BBC Three. 
in the United States on BBC America. Wednesday, I'd Do Anything continues. I'd do... Let's sing, Ryan. Anything. No, no, people would pay not to hear me sing. For you, dear, anything. All right. Friday, a new episode of Law & Order UK. Saturday, the new season of The Graham Norton Show continues. Sunday, Luther with Idris Elba continues. The ratings have not been very good. It's actually being beat by reruns, midnight reruns of Law & Order UK. Oh, gracious. The most popular series, no surprise, is Top Gear, of course. Speaking of witches, Top Gear is on Monday nights. On Adult Swim on Friday night, there is the UK version of The Office. On November 16th, on The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson on CBS, Matt Smith will be one of the guests. Hey! The Scottish Ferguson is a well-known Doctor Who fan and no doubt will put out the welcome mat for Matt. DVD releases! Sherlock Season 1. You've been living in a cave if you don't already know about this modern update of Sherlock Holmes, created by Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss. It just finished running on PBS and is now available on DVD and Blu-ray. And we are pledging it at KCTS from what I understand first weekend in December. Uh, we, I watched him again. I, even though I'd seen him, I was fun to sit and watch it with my wife. We enjoyed it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Doctor Who, the complete fifth season, or as it's better known, the first season with 11th Doctor Matt Smith. It's on DVD and Blu-ray and includes bonus material with extra scenes, especially shot for the DVD, linking the stories together. Some of them have been on YouTube. It's very interesting, and this is a must-have for any Doctor Who fan. Cool. So hopefully that's on my Christmas list. Hint, hint. Hell's Kitchen, season four, more of Gordon Ramsay running amok in a box set that is raw and uncensored. Our feature this week is on Bill Bailey. Bill Bailey is best known in Britain as a stand-up comedian, but he's also a musician, actor, frequent panel show guest, and as Chrissy said last week, possesses perfect pitch. Yeah, my sister does too. Really? If you sing a song, it's a po- any popular song at all, and you don't sing it in the key that the original was played on radio or whatever, she'll correct you, and she will, and then she'll find it for you and play you, and she's always right. Wow. Yeah. I think I read this like one in ten thousand people can do yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Huh. Which is still a lot of people when you consider the population of the world, but it's it's something to be impressed with. I wouldn't play a lottery the one in ten thousand odds. <laughs> I used to be able to sing middle C at command, but I don't know if I could anymore back when I played the piano. Like I said, like my dancing, people yeah. would pay to watch me not sing. Bill was born Mark Bailey, but got nicknamed Bill for being able to perform Won't You Come Home, Bill Bailey, to schoolmates on home? his guitar. Won't you come home? Okay. I guess it's my singing wake. I'll stop now. Oh, go ahead. You're good <laughs> at it, at least. He started entertaining professionally as a stand-up comic and then did a show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival called Rock with Sean Locke in 1994. After going solo, he returned in 1996 and narrowly lost out winning the Perrier Comedy Award to Dylan Moran. But both Dylan and Bailey would be given BBC television series and we'll see a bit later how their careers would intersect again. We like to joke that, you know, winning a Perrier is a guaranteed ticket to getting a TV series. It, it seems to be. 
1997, Bill Bailey was a team captain for Channel 4 science fiction panel show Space Cadets alongside Red Dwarf's Craig Charles. Greg Proops was the host, which featured guest stars each week from the world of science fiction, including Sylvester McCoy and William Shatner. I was a bit underwhelmed with its attempt at wit, and only Charles seemed to have any real passing knowledge of old science fiction movies. So a bit of a failure as a panel show. Apparently the budget was so low that they couldn't actually pay the guests, so the producer put William Shatner up for a week at his uh, Scottish lodge and let him go fishing. <laughs> hey, why not? I'd love to spend a week at a Scottish lodge. I'd be on a TV show for that. Is It Bill Bailey would debut on BBC Two in 1998 as a mixture of comedy sketches and stand-up. Amongst those appearing were Simon Pegg, and this series was directed by Edgar Wright. Fans of Spaced should know those two names, right? Mm-hmm. My review at the time had me underwhelmed with Bailey's comedy material in front of a live audience. I wrote, quote, It's amusing seeing him wearing different outfits, but there's nothing to distinguish this material. But I countered that with, The other part, where Bailey shows off his musical abilities, is fantastic. Each week he uses a different instrument and builds an entire routine around it. Armed with a synthesizer, he creates a passable version of the Doctor Who theme, then proceeds to send it up by demonstrating how it would be played today. Some of his pastiches are near genius. Let's give him a listen. Can't really shake it off, though, because uh, I'm actually addicted to television. I have been since I was a kid. From the first moment that I was transfixed by Doctor Who. Terrifying program, uh, and very inventive for its time, the music particularly. You see, at that time, you'd have one guy would do all the sounds. He'd be in the studio animating the action. He'd have to do everything. Aliens, weapons, Daleks, the bloody lot. So his whole day would be like this. <laughs> What's that? Here comes the TARDIS. <laughs> Bit of a bumpy landing. <laughs> and they arrive on a desolate planet. <laughs> they step out of the TARDIS, have a little look round. <laughs> Things aren't looking too good. Well, what's that? This <laughs> is Daleks! What are we gonna do? Quick, back to the TARDIS. Yeah, uh, cliffhanger ending. Go to the theme tune. But when I listen to it now, it sounds to me more like 60s Belgian jazz. <laughs> you know,
comedy Bill Bailey from his 1998 series performing the music live with a keyboard synthesizer. This, to me, is the quintessential Bill Bailey, combining observational comedy with an amazing musical ability. It's not a gimmick, either. He has a degree from the London College of Music. In this documentary, The Comedy Map of Britain, Bill Bailey talked about his musical background and how it evolved. And the most um, I know, inspiring times that I had uh, in school, you know, learning music with, with the two of you, always it, it convinced me this is something that I should mm. continue for the rest of my life. It was something that was always going to be with me. Mm. And uh, it, when I started to um, do comedy, I, for the first few years, I used a guitar. I'll tell you what scares me, right, more than anything else. News at ten. That's terrifying, isn't it? <laughs> but then it was one year, 90, I think it was, I can't remember, 94, 95. And it was that year that it was a kind of, it was a sort of a watershed moment when I started to use the piano and I started to go back to um, working into the show elements of classical music, elements of piano music. My first job was, I had a job as a nightclub pianist in a hotel lobby, you know that kind of... And all the time I was playing, I was looking around at the clientele, thinking of myself, die. That year, I think, that I started using the keyboard, suddenly, you know, I was, I had a, I got a video deal, I got tours of, you know, international tours. Everything sort of took off from that point. And I really think it's, it's largely down to, you know, re-focusing back on piano, or the piano, particularly the piano. In 2000, Dylan Moran and Graham Lanham wrote the comedy series Black Books about Bernard Black, a misanthropic bookseller played by Moran. His assistant Manny, a former accountant, was played by Bill Bailey. And here we meet Manny for the first time. Hello. Hello. Do you have the little book of calm? I need the little book of calm. Do you have it? I, I need it. I'm, I'm late for work. The, the, calm. Uh, little book. Little uh, book uh, calm. Is, is this it? Oh, no, no, no. It's just, just, too, too big. Too big. Little, just a little. Uh, just more. This one? This one? What? No. No. Calm. <laughs> the little book of calm. Uh, the little one. This? That's the one. Yes. All right. Money. Okay. Money. How much? 250. 250. Good day. I'll just get you a bag. Uh, no, no, no bag. No, I don't need a bag. Just the book. The book. Or do your receipt. No, no, no I don't need a receipt. That's, That's fine. broken. I'll, I'll just... have to write one out. Please. Little... Uh, look, I'll do it. Oh, calm. Do your 50. Thank you. Um, look, uh, stroke, stroke, no, no, um, trifle, eat a trifle, no, let, 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 let go. Once in a while, you are a loose lily floating down an amber river. Ah. <sighs> Sorry, I hate my job. What a strange man. Bernard ends up giving Manny a job as well as a place to live, though his optimistic attitude is a direct opposition to Bernard's subtle nature. Manny wasn't too bright, though, and often the humor surrounding his character was the slight gap between Manny and the rest of the animal kingdom. Black Books would run for three seasons and has a small but devoted cult following here in the United States. What are some famous Manny moments? Well, I think the first episode when he ingested the little book of calm and absorbed it into every pore, and that, that just completely altered his personality from then on. 
And I liked the episode in the third season with Simon Pegg, which I might have gotten to see filmed if they hadn't messed up the tickets um, on one of my trips, my last trip, in fact, to Britain, where Manny got angry and got a job next door in the clean, well-lit, trendy bookstore under Simon Pegg's guidance and had to was supposed to cut his hair so it would look just like Simon Pegg's. And that whole episode was pretty darn funny, I thought. It was a good turn by Pegg there. Yep. Bill Billy teamed up with Simon Pegg as well and appeared in three episodes of Spaced as comic shop owner Bilbo Bagshot. (laughs) In 2002, Bill Billy joined the musical panel show Nevermind the Buzzcocks, replacing Sean Hughes as regular team captain. This was during the Mark Lamar era of the show, the series' original host. Tag off anyone you like. Anyone with impunity. I'll start, I'll start us off. Right. <laughs> Do you know this, right? The other day, Chris de Berg on Loose Ends, he, he stagged me off. And Ned goes, Ed, you know he's had little Billy in his way. And he goes, yes, I've heard he's very ugly. <laughs> and he hasn't got much hair. Was that all that the troll had to work that with? That is Christopher, all the mono-browed freak monster. Yeah. <laughs> mono-browed, nanny-shagging tossmonger. <laughs> who is inflicting his sentimental mewlings on a reluctant nation. <laughs> there you go, on you go. Bill Bailey really hates Christopher. Of course, famous for The Lady in Red. Yep. He even tried to put Christopher into Room 101 during an appearance on that series. Bailey lasted until 2008 in Nevermind the Buzzcocks, at which time Simon Amstel was hosting the show. And Bailey has also been a frequent panelist on Stephen Fry's QI. In fact, he's on this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Among his acting parts, Bill Bailey was in Skins, playing Maxie's dad, Walter, in Jonathan Creek, along with Alan Davis and appearances in Hot Fuzz and doing the voice of the doomed whale in the movie version of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Ooh, I wonder if it'll be friendly. <laughs> One of my favorite lines ever. Yep. You might have seen him in the season opener of Top Gear this year, claiming to be Angelina Jolie in the star in their reasonably priced car. He and Alan Davis appeared on stage at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in The Odd Couple, two mixed reviews. Michael pointed me towards Bill Bailey's Remarkable Guide to the Orchestra, which was broadcast in 2008. It was an entertaining and funny way of introducing the concept of classical music to a new audience. Recorded at the Royal Albert Hall with the BBC Concert Orchestra conducted by Anne Dudley, Bailey demonstrated the different aspects of the orchestra and how these elements are used in contemporary ways. Now, I'm a massive fan of 1970s American cop show themes. Eh? Aren't you? They're fantastic. They're just so cool. It, it was a fantastic era for soundtracks. It was when soundtracks be- changed. They started to adapt. Orchestras started to get the groove on. They started to count it off. Can I do it? One, two, three, four. Ow! <laughs> they started to incorporate electric keyboards, drum kits, electric guitars. And what I love about them is that they're kind of quite literal. It's quite quaint. You knew exactly who the good guys were and who the bad guys, just by the chord. The good guys got a perfect fifth. Ah, Strong, compassionate. The bad guys got an augmented fourth. Ah. (laughs) You knew exactly where you were. Just a semitone, 
but sometimes in life, if you make the wrong choices, it's just a semitone out. <laughs> we'll start then. A typical scene are heroes cruising around the town. Perfect fifth. They've been told about a new spate of burglaries, a matchbook gang. Hmm. A slight hint of menace to come. Straight away, we cut to the villains. We know they're villains because of the augmented fourth. And the congas. The swarthy, leather-clad, they bear us ill will. They turn up outside a, a warehouse down by the docks. They get out, get the keys, and go inside. Meanwhile, our heroes are still cruising around. Yeah. So tell me about this matchbook gang. Well, this gang, they do a burglary and they leave a matchbook. Taunting the police. Ah, I see. Mm. They're taking all this in. They're driving up the main street, past all the old haunts, even past the agricultural supply shop. The radio crackles. What's this? We get a call. They're driving now in a funky way. They've got a 147. A 147. What's that? Suspicious malfeasance down at the docks. They turn up there. The door's broken down. There's a body line there. Some blood. A matchbook. What does all this mean? And then we go to a commercial break. I could play you the entire program, but you get the point. When I was a kid, the way we were exposed to classical music was through Warner Brothers cartoons. There can't be anyone our age who isn't familiar with some of the music from the Barbara Seville or Wagner's Ring Cycle, having seen Bugs Bunny's parodies of them over the years. Hopefully today's kids still watch these cartoons, they're classics, but a 58-minute documentary by Bill Bailey isn't a bad way to hear how a big orchestra can produce great music. So hip yay to Bill Bailey for pushing music and... Yeah, have you seen his website? No, I haven't. He has a bust of himself made in the style of a bust of Beethoven. <laughs> has a picture there with... Ironically, I'm sure. I'm sure he does not compare yes. himself to Beethoven. Bill Bailey is an avowed Star Trek fan. His son is named Dax from the character on Deep Space Nine. He has a new tour titled Dandelion Mind, and according to both Play.com and HMV, it is scheduled for a DVD release in Britain on November 22nd. He's also in the new Simon Pegg film, Burke and Hare. And it was just announced that Bill Bailey will host a new chat show series for Channel 4 called Comics Choice. 
Each episode of Comics Choice will feature Bill chatting to A-list British comedians about which comedy performers, actors, and shows they consider to be the greatest. The guests, using the categories of the British Comedy Awards as a guide, will be given the pick of history and the present day to create their own fantasy lineup of nominees and winners. The shows will be recorded in London this December and are expected to be broadcast in the weeks leading up to the British Comedy Awards ceremony, which is due to be broadcast live on Channel 4 sometime in January. And if you want to find some of Bill Bailey's shows on DVD, Black Books is available both on Region 1 and Region 2 releases. On the Region 2 PAL format, you can find Bill Bailey's Remarkable Guide to the Orchestra, Bill Bailey Part Troll, and his other live stand-up shows including Bewilderness and Cosmic Jam. Check them out. He's great. I like him <laughs> very much. Uh, I really am impressed with his musical ability, how he can yes. pick up just about anything and play it well. I have a clip. might even have it on the YouTube channel. I'll, I'll check on it where he's playing a theremin for That's in Jonathan the Bill Ross's. Bailey's Remarkable Guide to the Orchestra. Well, he played it on Jonathan Ross's show. Oh, okay. Next week, Andrew Davis... The acclaimed television writer, no relation to Russell T. or Alan, is the king of classical adaptations, but his original TV work in the 80s and 90s are also finally remembered. We'll look at his entire career, hopefully we can fit it all in an hour, in show 59. Meanwhile, we'd like you to go visit our website, www.britishtvpodcast.com. There you can find links to headlines, show notes, what's on TV this week, and an archive of our previous 57 shows. We're getting up there. Yes. And you can follow us on Twitter. And our ID is Brit TV Podcast. If you have any comments or feedback, you can send it to feedback at BritishTVPodcast.com. And if you are in Britain or have a way of getting around the uh, YouTube channel lock, the new Alan Partridge series is available yeah, on YouTube. Somebody there. wrote that on Question Land. One of us said, how can I see it? Wait for the inevitable DVD release. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Shall I prepare the Batmobile, Master Bruce?